Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, senior editor of the Democrat Gazette, and we're going to talk visitors, and we're going to talk hotels, and we're going to talk restaurants, and meetings, and conventions, and all kinds of fun stuff today with Libby Lloyd, longtime friend, and also director of communications for the Little Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau. Libby, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Rex. It's so good to see you. It's good to see anybody after the last two years. I know <laughs> you feel true. that. I know you feel that way in your business, and that's we, we're going to break this down. But that's that's where I want to start. I mean, we're coming now out of a two-year pandemic. It seems now things full speed ahead, but for two years, meetings went away, conventions went away. How on earth? At a convention and visitors bureau, did you survive? I, I know there had to be cutbacks. I, I know it was a really strange period. Talk about what we've just been through. Sure, absolutely. You know, it was a very dark period uh, for so many people, especially the hospitality and tourism industry, because we were one of the hardest hit industries in the nation because tourism is such an economic driver. You know, it is the number two economic driver. That's right. And so it is big money here in the state of Arkansas, especially here in uh, Little Rock and Pulaski County as the capital core. Basically, you know, yes, we did have furloughs and unfortunately did have a few layoffs. But what a lot of people don't maybe know is that our bureau is very unique. There probably aren't many bureaus like us in the United States to where we manage public facilities. So we manage Robinson Center, we manage Convention Center, uh, State House Convention Center, we manage the River Market Hall, Pavilions, and the Amphitheater. And so a lot of when those events went away, unfortunately, we had to, to trim our staff. And, you know, we used that time to you know, rehab some of the insides of our buildings uh, because we didn't have the people in them. And then from a marketing standpoint, we we did everything we could to break through any clutter that there might be out there. And then from a sales perspective, we just tried to work those groups that had either canceled or postponed to try to get them back once we got out of this pandemic. Right. And, and of course, you depend on tax revenues from restaurants and hotels uh, here in Little Rock. And, yes. and we saw how that went. I want to I want to break down each of those areas, first of all. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll start with restaurants. You know, I've got to tell you, I was very pleasantly surprised at how few restaurants we lost. I've got to take my hat off to the restaurant owners, operators, and I know many of them personally mm-hmm. here in Little Rock and the Little Rock area, but it was amazing to watch them adjust. I, I thought at the first of the pandemic, I was like a lot of people thinking the first, we're going when we ever come out of this thing, half of my favorite independently owned restaurants are probably going to be gone. Right. Very few. I mean, it was amazing to watch those people adjust to carry out, adjust to delivery, do what they had to do to survive. That's right. Well, and and you know, as well as I do, that restaurant owners and entrepreneurs, they, they are survivors. 
And fortunately, with the assistance of Governor Hutchinson and some legislation that was uh, passed and, and things that were put in place to give them flexibility to pivot, you know, places like the Root Cafe became a grocery. And so I think that you saw a lot of people here, locals, local influencers like yourself, um, to say, guys, just support these locally owned restaurants. They are our neighbors. They are our friends. And um, yeah, I'm like you. Hats off to them. I mean, me personally in my role, you know, so much of my job is media relations and working Mm -hmm. with travel writers and influencers. And it's like, wow, that is like the backbone of our community. So I was pleased just like you to see that that we didn't lose very many. Hotels were slower. Obviously, tourism Restaurants, we still got a lot of people living here, you know, 750,000 in the Little Rock metro area mm-hmm. eating out. But as far as travel, recreational travel started to come back some, but business travel very slow. And so I, I think it's fair to say the recovery of the hotel industry has been a lot slower than the recovery of the restaurant industry. You are correct. Our West Little Rock properties tended to do fare better because when people were traveling, they were looking for outdoor recreation, safe places to go. So while they did lag, they came back online um, faster than the downtown properties because these downtown hotels, they depend on the business traveler and the convention goer. And those were slower to come back, obviously. Absolutely. Now, you gave me some figures coming in. Uh, If you look at the impact in Pulaski County, the total employment in that sector, tourism sector, in 2019, before the pandemic, was 12,765. Last year, down more than 4,000. 8,418. Now, we got through 2021, things began to bounce back. Mm -hmm. Here in 2022, like I said, it seems full speed ahead. And what I I say is anecdotal, but as you know, I travel the state a lot Mm -hmm. in this job, and I didn't go anywhere for 13 months. My oldest son has an autoimmune disease. We just didn't travel at all. Got the whole family fully vaccinated, began to travel again in May of last year, and I go to Northwest Arkansas because there's so many columns and so much going on there a lot. Mm -hmm. And I usually, and this is just my anecdotal indicator, stay at the Big Holiday Inn there on Interstate 49 in Springdale. During the week, they depend on business travel a lot. I start back traveling last May. That place is virtually empty. I mean, a ghost town. I was back there two weeks ago and uh, noticed quite a bit more activity So it does seem to me now that even business travel is picking back up again. Are are you seeing that here in the Little Rock area? Oh, yes, absolutely. Business is definitely back. I mean, just through the end of 21, you know, we had booked 73 groups, and that amounts to about uh, 26,000 attendees. That's 40,000 room nights. Yeah. And, you know, it's like $17.5 million in direct spending. So, and, and we are just, we have not had a postponement or cancellation since, since January. Really? So no postponements this year? No. And, and we've got some big events coming up this fall. Uh, We just hosted Noosa, which is Neighborhoods USA. And I mean, that brought in thousands of people to our destination. And, you know, that is a huge economic impact. You know, in our industry, we call them temporary taxpayers because they come in, they spend money, and the tax revenue stays here at home. 
but like with Noosa at the beginning of May, that was I'm staying corrected. That was 800 attendees. Mm-hmm. That was a little over five hundred thousand dollars in estimated economic impact. Wow! One event. Wow. Well, so meetings obviously coming back strongly again, tourism coming back, people looking, as you said, still, I think, for a lot of outdoor activities. And and when you look at Arkansas with what is truly, not only for years we promoted hunting and fishing, but now add in world-class hiking, cycling, everything from hang gliding to uh, canoeing to rafting to uh, looking for rocks to rock climbing to to scuba diving. Uh, Arkansas, I think, seems to be well positioned for the type of travelers we're going to see post-pandemic. Uh, you're absolutely right. We saw, I mean, you know, Arkansas is the natural state. And so that really fared well. Arkansas fared well during the pandemic, um, relatively speaking. We are very fortunate here in Little Rock being the urban core of the state of Arkansas to where we've got those unique amenities uh, that a larger metropolitan area has. But then, you know, within 15 to 20 minutes, you're at Pinnacle Mountain State Park. Mm-hmm. And we've got, you know, really the oldest cycling trails here in the state of Arkansas. But now we have some of the newest with the mountain biking, the uh, monument, monument trails. Monument trails at Pinnacle. Yep, uh-huh. absolutely. And the uh Two Rivers and River Mountain Park out to the west. And I tell you, you know, having Sam Ellis with Rocktown River Outfitters with his bicycling and his kayaking uh, rentals has really, really been prosperous for him. Mm. And for us, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> talk, talk, talk a little more about that, because you think of, of Little Rock as, as kind of urban tourism being the largest city in the state. But I assume, as you're saying, a lot of people are staying in Little Rock itself to go out and do outdoor activities. That's right. You know, I did not realize until just a few years ago that we had so many cycling trails here in Little Rock. But the LRCVB, we mapped more than 1,200 miles of various cycling trails in Little Rock proper and the surrounding area in central Arkansas. 1,200 miles. That's mountain biking. That's road cycling with things like the Arkansas River Trail. That's gravel cycling. That is, you know, people, we're really on an awareness track right now to, to let people know how much of a bicycling product we have here. That's a very niche market that we're that we're, we continue to go after. We started in the pandemic, and that will definitely continue with the cyclist. You mentioned your facilities a little bit and what you did during the pandemic this November, and I, I remember writing columns about it. How excited I was when we unveiled the seventy million dollar <laughs> renovation yep. of the Robinson Center. Hard to believe November will mark five years, the fifth anniversary of that. Uh, But boy, you look at the type of shows that we have gotten, even with the pandemic, a pause in that uh, in that five year stretch. But coming back off of that uh, shows like Cats now, things like that, that we never could have gotten before we did that renovation. Right. That is absolutely right. You know, we at the Bureau are saying was we're getting Robinson Phantom ready because Phantom of the Opera would never have been able to come here, nor Lion King. Lion King was even bigger. I think Lion King had over 20 trucks, mm. and we they weren't able to load in the way that Robinson was built. Right. But now we can attract these wonderful shows, and, you know, we just hosted Hamilton, and that 
that that was mm-hmm. sold out. I mean, in in three three weeks. I mean, I think we had like less than twelve seats the whole run. Are you serious? I'm serious. It was a wow. blockbuster, and you know, three point seven million in ticket sales. Again, that stays right here at home. Yeah, I was going to say, and think what that does for downtown hotels and restaurants. Absolutely, they're coming in, they're spending the night, they're eating dinner before the show. It's a complete experience. And when you pump $12 million, well, 35,000 patrons at, a, at an estimated $12 million impact, I mean, that's got to be felt in the downtown and even midtown area, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned the cost of that, which was more than $70 million. And one thing I point out to people, I have written some columns about how I think that much of the future of Arkansas kind of melds around uh having culture in addition to these outdoor recreational opportunities. I've had breakfast, I've mentioned on this program before, a a year ago uh, with Tom and Stuart Walton, and they kind of outlined their vision of Arkansas being to the central third of the United States, what Colorado is to the western third, this place with a lower cost of living, but still cultural opportunities and still great outdoor recreational opportunities and we've seen that here in Little Rock it's not just northwest Arkansas and I remind people you take the Robinson Center at 70 million dollars you take what's now the Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts the former Arkansas Arts Center which is going to be spectacular at about 120 million dollars and then the symphony spending another $10 million on the Stella Boyle Smith Music Center over by the Clinton Presidential Center. Those three products alone are $200 million in capital for culture in downtown Little Rock. That's that's pretty good for a city this size. It, it is. It's, it's huge. And, and we have to have that cultural core because not only does it add to the quality of life for our residents it is a a tourism amenity and it's also economic development when people like aedc or the little rock chamber are trying to recruit businesses those people are looking for quality of life amenities and that's spot on the new museum of fine arts i i I touched Mm -hmm. on i know that's not your facility the robinson is but it's one of the things you'll promote that's that's going to be big isn't it? it's going to be huge um we are definitely in discussions with them on how what we can do to help assist in the marketing efforts uh, or supporting efforts because that is going to be huge for little rock central arkansas and quite frankly the state of arkansas and you know i hope we see some future partnerships with crystal bridges Mm -hmm. um you know my old boss at CJRW, Shelby Woods, always said that the the rising tide raises all the boats. So we're in it it to win it. (laughs) Absolutely it does. So we've seen those investments coming downtown. It just seems a lot going on. So you bring in these journalists from around the country. They come kind of I know each one varies, and you you make specific plans. But give me kind of what a, what a typical couple of days with. I'm a visitor to Little Rock. I want to do a story about coming to Little Rock. What are gonna What are you going to show me, Libby? And what are What are you going to be your selling points? <laughs> I'm going to be your Julie McCoy of the Love Boat. Yes, I'm going yes, to be exactly. the tour guide. Yes. Well, I would definitely ask what your interests are. And once I found out that it was probably culinary um, and history, I would craft an itinerary for that. Most of them are general destinations, so definitely the Clinton Presidential Library. That's our number one attraction mm-hmm. um, as far as foot traffic goes. And then, of course, when people do come to the Clinton 
Presidential Center, they naturally go to the Little Rock Central High School National Historic Site. And what some locals may not know is that we have six sites on the U.S. Civil Rights Trail that Mm. spans 14 states and uh, Washington, D.C. We've got six of them right here, and Central makes us a top 10. And so that people do come to do the trail, for Mm -hmm. sure. And then I would mix in some like some places like the Essie Purse Museum, that's one of only two purse museums in the entire world. But what's unique about Anita's museum is that it definitely tells the history of an American woman. And then I would sprinkle in some really good local flair with dining. Absolutely. You know, that is one of my interests. And I write (laughs) about food from time to time. But Little Rock really has an amazing food scene for a city this size. And I I have people that visit all the time from much larger cities and tell me the same thing, that they... it's really amazing. And then as we tape this, for instance, we've we've just seen uh, the announcement that I'm really excited about, that the Keat family, uh, one of our top restaurant families in the state, is going to be taking over the old Breckenridge Village and have at least four new restaurants turn it into a real dining uh, destination. So a lot going on on the food scene in Little Rock. And again, I have to think that's one of your main selling points uh, always for visitors to this city. It is. um, We just hosted a uh, journalist and photographer couple, and they write for the Gannett Papers in Tennessee. Mm. And they just had a a feature in the Knoxville newspaper. And that was, I hear it all the time. I've been doing this for almost 10 years, and I hear it all the time. They're surprised at how friendly people are here in Little Rock and the hospitality that they receive and they're very surprised at the amenities and the local restaurants they're just amazed that we've got so much to offer and then you've got places like rocktown distillery that's definitely a selling point for us and of course the craft brew scene and then you know we're i'm very excited about the fact that we're hosting a cycling and outdoor fam we've done culinary fams we've done history heritage fams culture fams we've never done a true outdoor fam mm-hmm. we're doing that this fall around the big damn bridge 100 event in september oh nice and we'll definitely sprinkle in the restaurants and attractions there but i'm super super excited about bringing some top journalists in this fall we'll be back with more of the southern fried podcast but first this break Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad, provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call 1-800-482-1121 or visit us online at arkansasonline.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So 
As the Convention and Visitors Bureau as a whole advertises and markets the city around the region and around the country, talk a little bit about the strategies you use. What 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 strategies are you using to pull people to Ar- a Little Rock and see Arkansas's capital city? Yes, absolutely. Well, a lot of our strategy kind of falls in line with what the Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism does with that egg. And you're mm-hmm. familiar with the marketing egg. That is the drive market. So obviously Memphis and Dallas are our hugest drive markets. But then targeting the Nashvilles, the Jacksons, the Oklahoma cities, and this, even the St. Louises. And it's basically geo-targeting within a 500-mile radius. And then on top of that, This year, we're doing conquest marketing, which basically is, Rex, if you live in Memphis and you're looking for things to do in Memphis or Nashville, let's say you want to take a road trip to Nashville, Mm -hmm. you're looking at things to do in Nashville, well, you will be served up a Little Rock ad. Mm. It's Big Brother, but it works. Yeah, it sounds like it. (laughs) Sounds like it. So... I know there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, you don't just sit around and drink a cup of coffee and say, let's do this ad. You have tourism master plan. You have strategic plan. Again, go into some of the details. I know there's outreach with people here in Little Rock. You do focus groups. You do one-on-one interviews. Talk a little bit about that whole strategy and, and what goes into the soup, if you will, before I actually see the ad. Well, actually, yeah, that it, you know, the tourism master plan, we're, we're partnering with a consultant um, by the name of JLL, and we're about halfway through that development. It'll be kicked off later this year, but especially now coming out of the pandemic, what is our destination going to, to really look like, and how can we plan for the future? And so a lot of that is, like you said, extensive outreach to the community. We have done so many, we've done over 25 focus groups you know, 30 one-on-one interviews, more than 200 surveys have been completed and turned back into us. This is what residents are saying that they would like to see Little Rock, what direction. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a overall destination roadmap for us. So a lot of, you you can't really execute completely without the research. You know, mm-hmm. you can't evaluate without the, the research. And so that's basically what we do every everything we do is tied to research you know during the pandemic we held focus groups with some of our niche market local residents you know we interviewed cyclists we interviewed lgbtq residents we interviewed these people so that we could get a good read on what they look for in a destination so that helps us determine our decisions couple of things that uh, I know you're announcing, and before we run out of time, I wanted to give you a few minutes on each of those. First of all, you've got something called the Little Rock Attractions Pass. What the heck is that? <laughs> it is so exciting. So earlier this year, we produced a Little Rock Attractions Guide, but now we have worked with a company called Bandwango, and they do like these online passes from your smartphone. So you can download the pass. And there are 37 attractions. There are some of our top attractions here in the city. So, like, let's just say you go to the, you download this pass and you go to the Clinton Center. When you get to the Clinton Center, you check in at the Clinton Center. Mm -hmm. And then with so many check-ins, you get some Little Rock swag. So it encourages people to use the pass. It's completely free to the public. But it also invites people to stay in the destination longer. Mm-hmm. So it really, you know, if you go to five places, you get this. If you go to 10 check-ins, you get this. So we're already starting to see some dividends off of that. And we just launched it the 1st of May. 
Great. Also an Adopt-A-Street program. Yes, I thought that might be near and dear to your heart. That's why I <laughs> let you know about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Now as the latest uh, Keep Arkansas Beautiful spokesperson. I was going to say, I'm the guy who does the radio ads for Keep Arkansas Beautiful. Yes, yeah. you are. So National Travel and Tourism Week is always the first week of May, and it's mm-hmm. done through the U.S. Travel Association, and they have a theme every year. And this year is the future of travel. How can we be more connected? That's the attractions pass. How can we be more competitive? How can we be more sustainable? Well, we we always tie a community project in with our press conference during National Travel and Tourism Week. We've painted murals. We've posted signage. We've helped clean up parks. This one I'm super excited about because we have committed to adopt four streets in the city of Little Rock. Mm. One downtown from Robinson to Statehouse Convention Center. One in Midtown around War Memorial and the Zoo. One out in Southwest around Bass Pro. Mm. There's a theme here. It's it's according to our tr- attractions. Yes, yes. And then um, out west on Chanel Parkway, there around the Embassy Suites. Uh-huh. And we're really encouraging our other industry partners to help us because we, you know, we love our city. We're kicking off the travel season, and it's going to be the biggest one since 2019, possibly even bigger. And we just want to have our city shine extra special so your staff is going to be picking up trash yes, and things like that in yes those areas? we are neat yes we are <laughs> neat so really hands-on get out of the office and get it done we are yeah throughout the year and keep it going so it's exciting because i think that first impression is so important and the weeds have to be mowed the graffiti has to be removed the uh the trash has to be picked up i mean First impressions mean a lot, don't they? They are everything, you know. I mean, it's still true. You don't get a second shot to make a first impression. I mean, it's true. And and we have such a beautiful city with wonderful people who love we love where we live mm-hmm. and we want travelers to love it as much as we do and hopefully they'll go back and tell their friends and family like you've got to go to little rock mm-hmm. guys this is like may not be on your radar but it is just this beautiful city it's clean friendly people lots of stuff to do lots of places to eat you just gotta go yeah yeah now i know that uh, you partner north little rock has its own commission the visitors bureau but i know you partner a lot with them and I, I know both of you which is a good thing i mean simmons bank arena is on that side of the river dickie stevens park is on that side of the river but you're you're selling an entire metro area basically when you're selling this area right? I, I mean we really are i mean you know the average citizen does not really recognize the fact that we're two <clears throat> municipalities they look at us like we're a city that you know with a river running through it you know we we really do partner well with our f- friends over at north little rock cvb with karen trevino and stephanie slagle and team and uh, uh, scott suddeth you know when we go after sports business which is over half of our business uh, makeup here in little rock yeah those people you know, are staying on both sides of the river yeah, yeah and so we have to have the arena i mean mm-hmm. you know and we work very well with michael marion and his staff so yeah th- definitely an asset for us to have the simmons bank arena over there for sure and dickie stevens and i can't close without talking a bit about you've had a change of leadership at the little rock convention and visitors bureau we'll get gina in here on a future show but uh, tell me about what went on there yeah she'll love to come on and talk about the tourism master plan when that gets yeah, done yeah so gina gimberling has been with us uh four years and some change she comes to us from springfield illinois the very majority of her career has been in the CVB business. She 
was in the Springfield CVB for years and years and years, and she also led it. She was their president and CEO. And um, we brought her on, Gretchen brought her on about four years ago to lead our sales team. She later led our sales and marketing teams. And so she was just absolutely the the right choice to lead us out of this pandemic and moving forward. And she's she's got a great leadership skill set. She's, she's really a good leader. And uh, replacing Gretchen Hall, but Gretchen now over an international organization, being an Arkansan, though, I, I think that's going to have to play to our benefit because you know Gretchen's going to continue to talk Arkansas and talk Little Rock in that job. She will. You know, she's a Sheridan girl through yep. and through. That's that's where her roots are. Gretchen actually served as chair of the board for Destinations International, and that is the – it is our support staff, I guess, if you will, for all CVBs around the country and, and the, the, the world, the globe, actually. And so she was already serving as chair of the board, which, you know, pays dividends for mm-hmm. us. But now she's their their chief operating officer, and she will do great things. And she's still living here. Yeah, um, still Little Rock based. Yes, yeah, she did not relocate. So we're we're still, you know, happy to have her here. And, and um, any support we could get from DI is always welcome, for a- sure. Absolutely. As, as we wrap up, uh, where do you see things going next three years, next five years? What do you see happening in Little Rock? <laughs> no more pandemic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I think that we're going to see super strong numbers just in this year with several groups that we've got coming in this fall, huge meeting planners in the faith-based market that's going to pay dividends for us. But I see us really with this tourism master plan, I see it guiding us even more smartly than how we're trying to, to be more strategic. I also see us playing a role in the continued development of the workforce in our hospitality industry. We have a new arm of the CVB, uh, which is community engagement. And I think workforce is going to continue to be a need for our industry partners and anything we can do, you know, partner with the chamber, you know, Pulaski Tech, all of these different entities that are focused on workforce. I think that's going to be very important for us. And then just to continue to advocate for our partners. I think that's going to be on our radar. And I think that the numbers are going to be strong in both leisure and business travel. And I think this year is going to be huge for us. So so, so as we start summer, a big summer ahead, you think? Yeah, I think so. All right, Libby, thank you. I, I like the touch of optimism at the end Thank there. you, Rex. That's what we do in PR, right? A- absolutely. <laughs> Libby Lloyd, Director of Communications for the Little Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. having us. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast. I'm Rex Nelson. We'll see you next time. The Southern Fried Podcast is a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.